It's time for Inside the MFL, the official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League. It's football, baby! Football fans, this show is for you, as the show brings you the most up-to-date information from the league's franchises across the country. Let's get it going now! It's time to get Inside the MFL with your hosts, Dr. Richard Miles Sr. and Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Inside the MFL, your official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League, headquartered in our beautiful nation's capital. We're so excited to have you back. The show takes you in and around news happening with the MFL as we get prepared to kick off our 2022 season, which, of course, is now underway. We're preparing for combines. We've got tryouts coming on and so much more. I'm your co-host, Kelsey Nelson, joined as always by the boss man, none other than Dr. Richard D. Miles Sr. Dr. Miles, how are you this morning? I'm doing fine, just like the weather. It's, you know, one minute is cold, one minute is warm. But uh, we got a lot to get into, Ms. Nelson. Congratulations for your under 30, under 30. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. that. As I say, you keep getting all these awards. (laughs) I don't know. We're going to have a hard time holding you. (laughs) No, I appreciate that so, so much. And yes, a special shout out to University of Maryland. As you know, I'm Maryland born and bred, so it meant a lot to uh, get awarded from the university that kind of helped shape me and the university that I gave so much to during my collegiate days. So thank you for that. We're excited, though, Dr. Miles. We're going to keep on this congratulatory kind of track record that we're going on by bringing in our special guests. But before we bring them on, I also want to say happy belated National Girls and Women in Sports Day. I want to shout out all the phenomenal women that are just rock stars in sports media, both on the field, on the sidelines, and administrative positions, and so much more. And you talked about the weather, Dr. Miles. We had Groundhog Day this week. We also had National Signing Day. Like This was probably one of the busiest weeks in sports. Also, a special shout out to all the high school athletes that signed on to attend these different colleges and universities. And a special shout out to all the brand new Terps. Can't wait to see them uh, this next football season, Dr. Miles. Hopefully the Terps get us another bowl win. Absolutely. (laughs) I I think the coach out there is doing a tremendous job. And along with, you know, hopefully the HBC, uh, these young men understand what the HBCU mean. Even in my old age, I've not had that opportunity to play for HBCU. But if I knew what I knew now, then uh, I I think I might have went on to HBCU. Yes, HBCUs, directly black colleges and universities. And talk about HBCUs, I feel like that's a perfect time to bring in our special guest, none other than Gary Digital Williams. Gary, how are you today? Just fine. How y'all doing? Good to to talk to y'all again. We are fantastic. We're so excited to have you back, Gary. And you're a man that knows much about HBCUs, much about sports. If you don't know Gary Williams in this area, I don't know where you've been because literally has to be under a rock. It's literally a DC icon, but lots happening in DC. And since Dr. Miles right now is talking about HBCUs, I actually want to start there. So unfortunately this week we had some bad news surrounding HBCUs where HBCUs, Gary, around the country were getting bomb threats. Um, And it was horrible because, you know, we started Black History Month. We wanted to say, on a strong note, but I said there, it just really shows you, unfortunately, how there's so many evil and just vile people out there who are trying to destroy Black excellence, but what they don't know, Gary, is that you can't stop Black excellence and these HBCUs continue to produce. But I just, I hated that, Gary, just to see again, we're starting Black History Month and we keep talking about how the world is is progressing in a positive way, but then we hear this negative news. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that whole situation. Yeah, it's terrible. It really is. I mean, you uh, there have been so much progress within the HBCU, especially as of late. 
with uh, some of the big signings on the football side, just some of the big signings and some of the basketball players and, and teams doing well and outside the sports realm, some of the great accomplishments that have been happening. You know, somebody wants to try someone or somebody's want to take that away. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of frustrating. Definitely. Very, very frustrating. But I was glad to see that the learning did not stop. And like you said, so much happening with HBCUs. You know, we have, of course, we all know what's happening with Deion Sanders and what he's done for Jackson State. Many excited about Hugh Jackson, of course, going to Gremlin State um, University. Looking forward to continuing to see what Eddie George does. You know, I just talked to Rod Milstead at Delaware State. So again, just so much happening. So I hope everyone out there understands, please do not let this distract you from all the greatness that's occurring at HBCUs. And I know HBCUs, Dr. Miles, is something that's near and dear to your heart as well, because you are actually trying to use the MFL as a place for these athletes to hopefully call home one day, a place where they can grow and a league where they can truly develop. Absolutely. And, and you know, I want to give a shout out to Bowie State. And, uh, you know, we getting some interns from there, these young People, these millennials, as you know, if I got a little tongue-tied there, y'all bear with me. Uh, you know, that's the, uh, that's uh, that's our future, you know, Gary? And the fact that these young people understand that and eager to, eager to come and learn what the MFL is doing and trying to get a real firm understanding of the laboratory of change. And, exactly. you know, like I say, you know, if you're in broadcast journalism, if you're in marketing, PR, this is the place to come. You know, even football, even coaches, we want to give these young men an opportunity if you're interested in coaching. And uh, I, I, I put a tweet out uh, earlier, you know, this week, and and just, um, just trying to point out some of the things that the NFL is doing that the NFL is not going to do. They just, you know, it's hard to tell somebody what to do with their league. You know what I mean, Gary? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. something I'm trying to get people to understand. This is where you come at to learn. Right. Yeah, I think Dr. Miles is touching on such an important point. So let's switch over to that. There's lots happening in the NFL, Gary, but where we will start is this news with Brian Flores. By now, everybody, I think, knows about the class action lawsuit. And this goes back to a conversation that many of us have been having for a long time. So we know about the NFL's Rooney Rule, which is supposed to help uh, with hiring diverse coaches in the National Football League. It at least makes it possible for these coaches to at least get an interview. But many of us know just because you get the interview does not mean that you will get the job. And so we started this whole conversation about is the league really making place for black coaches or is it still just the good old boys league? And so it's, it's, it's still yeah, a good old boys league. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the Rooney, all again, all the Rooney rule says that you have to give a minority candidate an interview. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to take it seriously you basically just have to go through the motions. And when you, you talk about people now like Brian Flores, who has not lost since he's been in Miami, since he mm-hmm. was at the Dolphins. You know, you talk about great, great people like Pep Hamilton. I always talk about Pep Hamilton, mm-hmm. grad, who's been a winner everywhere he's been in college, in the pros, and even in the XFL before the XFL folded. He was a winner in that, that league. I mean... Guys like that deserve more than an interview. They deserve a legitimate shot at being a candidate for a a head coaching position, and they're not getting that. They're getting they're going through the most. Say, okay, we'll we'll give you an interview. That's all we really have to do. Right, so, right. I mean, it, it, it's so unfortunate because again, we're looking at a league 
that is dominated by black players, folks. Right. Let's not forget the NFL. The the engine that keeps on moving is black athletes. And really, if you're looking at the top tier of talent right now in the NFL, a lot of those guys are black. The future of the NFL. We just saw Tom Brady say, you're next to Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson um, mm-hmm. on Instagram. And so I bring that up to say, I mean, the minor football league, what Dr. Miles has created for a long time, he has been positioning the league as a place that embraces diversity, that embraces inclusion. And this can be a place where coaches can go get experience, coaches that have that merit, that have that experience to coach on a professional level, Dr. Miles. So, you know, when you hear all this conversation happening, we're hearing Hugh Jackson talk and Marvin Lewis, and we're just hearing more stories about what's actually happening inside the league ranks. Dr. Miles, what would you say about the situation and where the modern football league stands? You know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of torn both ways. In terms of, we, we got to stop looking for crumbs to fall off the table, guy. Mm-hmm. And Kelsey, we got to stop that. We got to stop thinking if it ain't white, it ain't right. We got to take a chance on ourselves. I've seen a quote that you put out uh, early in the week, uh, Miss Nelson. You know, you know, bet on yourself. And that's something I did ever since you've known me, Gary uh, and Kelsey. And that's what I've done. I've taken a lot of uh, hits from people, but... I kept going. And now people begin to respect the fact that, wait a minute, it must be, what is it with the MFL? This guy keep on pushing along, keep on pushing. And because I tell everybody, you, it's no excuse for these coaches to be begging. Come to the MFL. You have several opportunities that you're not going to get in the NFL. One, you can own the franchise. Two, you can GM. You can be a GM. You can be a head coach. That's not something that the NFL is going to do. And I hate for people to uh, patronize us by saying, we're going to give you an interview. Come on now. If if that's not a slap in the face, Gary, you tell me what is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think you touch on so many important points. And and to be fair, though, this is not just limited to African-Americans, to black people in sports. I think many of us can Absolutely. attest to this feeling and some of the corporate jobs or jobs Absolutely. that we're working in where sometimes you might have felt like you just went in somewhere for them to check a box and say, yes, we interviewed diverse candidates. And though you met the criteria for some reason, you know, you're not getting to this place. I was listening to Ron Rivera this week do a press conference about the new name, which we'll talk about on the show for the Washington football, old Washington football team. And he was asked about it. And I know something he said. He said it took him seven interviews before he got that head coaching position. He said the eighth time was actually the time that he got the head coaching position. I thought that was interesting. And of course, they wanted to get Ron's perspective as a minority coach. Of course, Ron Rivera uh, comes from Hispanic heritage. Um, But it was something, you know, that he brought up talking about, you know, how he says, you know, coaches should be judged on their merit. And something he said, he said, if you take off the names off these resumes and you just saw the work that they've done, the merit and experience that they have, you know, he said Brian Flores, um, Leslie Frazier and others would be coaches that for sure you would want to point to and say, hey, I want them. So, you know, Gary, you've been covering sports for a long time, the league for a long time. You know, in your opinion, what can the league do to try to uh, help this problem? And did you like how the NFL kind of quickly responded um, to the lawsuit? Or do you think they should have took more time to actually do an investigation Before into Brian Flores's uh, accusations? Well, yeah, I, I just think they... They need to take time to really do the investigation. I don't think, and they 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 they're trying to find stopgap measures, and that's not going to help at this point. They're going to really need to find a real good um, uh, situation to to try to to, to stem this, this this situation, change the tide a little bit. 
Right, right. Like you said, it's something that's needed to be changed because unfortunately for far too long, this is how it's been. And that doesn't mean it's right. And I think we could all say that it's far, 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 far from right. And so obviously we just have lots of work to do. And I think this is where the the MFL ties in perfectly, right, Dr. Miles? Absolutely. To some of the change that we're hoping to see in the NFL. Absolutely. But we, we still got to, when we're going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired, Gary? I mean, we, we come up now with excuses. We don't have to do that no more. You have a league. And I'm not just saying it because I had the MFL. We have, we, we, we want you guys to come in. Mm-hmm. That's what the laboratory change is about. We want to bring these former players from the field to the front office. Okay. Yeah. But yet mm-hmm. still, you know, if you don't learn by history, Gary, you know, history will repeat itself. Exactly. What destroyed the Negro League was the same thing that they did. They're trying to do now. They took the, They took a few black players out of the Negro League, thus destroyed the black the Negro League. You know why? Because the rest of the guys feel that they were too good to play in the Negro League. I'm going to wait till the white people call up. The only problem that was you didn't get a call. You follow what I'm saying? That's, it destroyed the Negro League. And we that, like I said, if you, don't, if you don't learn by history, it will repeat itself. Look at what's going on. Look at what's going on. And, and black people as a whole, as I stated, we're the biggest consumers in America, Gary. We have nothing to show for it. Nothing. And what we do, we don't support this action going on because what happened? They still going to the games. They still going to buy that apparel. And they still and, and, and forget we got to stop being tricked all the time and stay on point to what the problem is. We got to stop letting people dilute it with other things. Oh, well, we got to put this in. Or oh, oh, this is something else going on. Then you get away from what the issue really is. The issue is they do not want black coaches in. And the ones that do sell out, after a while, they let you know, after they get tired of you, they're going to get rid of you too. It's as simple as that. So we need to stop that. We need to learn to join forces and say, okay, we're going to stand up. We're going to stand up. We don't need y'all. We can move another way. And they just won't do it, Garrett. And I don't understand why I rate to this day. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you touched on just something that we've talked about for a long time. Because Dr. Miles, as you were speaking, I thought back to the whole Colin Kaepernick situation when that first started. And many fans said, you know what? I'm going to boycott the NFL. I'm not going to watch any games. I'm not going to go attend games. And as we know, many people have more than likely change their stance on that now. And, you know, I think that goes to a larger thing where, unfortunately, we don't see the galvanizing of people. We see it on social media at times, but not as strong as it used to be, right? right? Like during the civil rights era. And I think back to like a time like the Montgomery bus boycotts and what that really did, right, mm-hmm. to help... Um, help hurt the pocket. Right, it hurt the pocket. The and then line. after that, we saw desegregation, right, um, of buses and throughout. And so I just see that as one example as, you know, not saying that we can't do it now, but I think it just looks a lot different now. And unfortunately, I think because it's just, it's so many circumstances, but yeah, again, we don't see that kind of strongness. We see it through hashtags. Like I remember the more than athletes hashtag on social media and stuff like that. But, you know, I would love to kind of see more action on the ground. All right. So we've touched on that, but also happening in D.C. We've got a brand new name for the former Washington football team now called the Washington Commanders, Gary. We're all from this area, but I'd love to get your thoughts first on, uh, one, what did you think of the name reveal that happened on Wednesday? And then two, what do you think about the brand new name? 
Well, it would have been better if they actually kept it a secret, which they didn't really do all that well. <laughs> Not at all, Gary. <laughs> Not really. I, mean, I heard it came down to the commanders and the admirals. Um, I'm, I don't dislike the name. It's not great. I mean, I don't know if it was the name I would have picked. I don't dislike it, though. I'm um, just reading some stuff on social media that a lot of people are stretching the situation and involving commanders, like people like uh, General Custer and Mussolini, who 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 really did that. Yeah. Tried to destroy people, so a lot of people are having problems with that. I mean, you can't please everybody. Having said that, I don't know if people remember back in the late 80s, we had an arena football team here in D.C. at the, at the old Capitol Center, U.S. Arena, called the Washington Commandos. Mm-hmm. And so yep. it's not the most original name, I guess. It, it, I mean, as far as the, I like the, um, the video they used for it. I did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen seen the team. I've I got email on that, so I did enjoy that. Talking about the history and, and now the future. Um, the bottom line, however, I think is that a name is only one part of what this this team has to do. This franchise I should say has to right. do. Right. They, they have to have a change of culture. And hopefully the name will lead to that, will be a part of that, but they definitely need a change of culture. Right. And, you know, as we're talking about this, of course, a bunch of, of the team, uh, Team Brass is going up on Capitol Hill tomorrow, or I should say in the coming weeks, to, to discuss the situation involving this sexual harassment. Right. As we talk about this, you know, there's death still on the table. You right. Know, it's not as just overall handling of this team is still on the table. So, you know, it's just so much that this team has to fix. And the name is just a part of that. It's not the whole, the whole fix in that situation. Uh, You know, I was going to say, I completely agree with you, Gary. And, you know, I think the military reference, like you said, it's interesting to me. Like commanders, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I would have honestly preferred to stay in Washington football team. You know, I've already seen some of the funny memes saying, you know, let's go commando or go commando to games. You know, people are going to make a joke about it. But, you know, I think the military reference for a team that going back to your point, the culture is in question. And some people would say like, you know, there's been no kind of military type leadership uh, in the front office of people kind of doing what they want. I thought that was an interesting parallel. Like we see just lots of uncanny, uncategorized things happening where it seems like Washington's kind of everywhere, but yet you want a name to show. But maybe this is trying to show the new direction that they're going in. Um, But I just would have really liked more input personally, from the people of D.C. I know they said they did focus groups and things like that, but I, I, I want to know kind of who well, was involved. The they <laughs> in the ball. Yeah, they well, did not, the ball. It's not just the military aspect of it. It's the type of military. Uh, people mentioned George Custu tried to slaughter Native Americans. They right. And we said we were moving away from that, right? right With exactly. the old Washington Redskins name. Right. So what They're you just said was right. Right, they talk about Mussolini, who of course was a dictator, and you know that's what that's the military they're talking. Hitler you know, with the stormtroopers, right? Exactly. Uh, but to go back to what you said uh, a little earlier, uh, the culture needs to be changed, right? And I'm and winning for, football back how in you Washington. Change the mm-hmm. culture, absolutely. When you don't give, you had guys some great ball players that was on these Super Bowl teams. 
you yet to give any of these guys. The last people had the opportunity to coach was Charlie Taylor and them, uh, Joe Lavin and them. But you had all these great players. Not once have you offered any of these young men a job. Garrett Clark, I think, would be a great offensive coordinator, head coach. But you and did he's not express interest in wanting to coach. And you not give these people an opportunity to coach. These people understand the culture here because they've been here. You know, uh, they, uh, they learn of what the DMV is about. But you don't give these guys an opportunity to be coaches and say, okay, thank you. The way they do Doug Williams is an atrocity, really. Uh, not once was he ever offered the general manager job. Not once was he offered the job. Before. You bring somebody in that knows nothing about the Washington uh, team and the uh, commandos know nothing about the culture here. But yet and still, these are these are questions that never been asked, never been put forward. Give these people an opportunity to the coach. I mean, at least they know the culture. You bring people in here and you're talking about changing the culture, but you're trying to change the culture from what to what. You never knew what the culture was. You know what I mean, Gary? And, and, and uh, Ms. Nelson, and that's what get me with the, with with uh, the uh, organization. But then again, I'm not one to tell another person what to do with the organization. I'm on the outside looking in. But being a native Washingtonian, been here all my life, then I've seen things a lot of people have not seen, as with you, Gary. Uh, come on now. I mean, you talk about culture. I dare them to use that word, changing the culture, when you never knew what the culture was about, period. Yeah, I think, Dr. Miles, you know, you touch on so much. And that's why I think it's the name depends on who you ask. You'll get different thoughts and opinions. Right. But I mean, let's just be honest. People just want Washington, hopefully, to go back to winning. We the knew whatever name that it was going to be, that not everybody would agree with it. And going back to the point you made earlier, Gary, it was a little sad that like the whole reveal didn't go as planned because, like you said, the name leaked earlier. And then mm -hmm. I know some local media felt a little bit spited that the team was actually going to announce the name on the today. Today show instead of starting local media who is here all the time and covers the teams. So. Exactly, and add, and add to that. All right, I mean, just um, again, the culture needs to change. And I was just looking at some of the um, the historical situations with them. You know, we just passed the 30th anniversary of when Washington won his last Super Bowl. Yes. And Looking at that and looking how that team was and that franchise was, it was really unified and everything was going very, very smooth. Of course, when you win a, win a championship, of course, that's the case. But it was just a different franchise than it is right now. That It, it just bugs me that it's so different now, especially with a guy who was a fan of those days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Such a good point, Gary, because you know, that's why a lot of us say, you know, many people who were there would say, you know, we wish you could go back to those days or relive the days. And then, Gary, people who are my age and younger say, well, we wish we got to experience those days. Right. We, just have, we just have to hear stories about it. And unfortunately, people, I'd say 30 and under, this millennial crowd, because think about, as you said, the 30-year anniversary and also a special shout out to Doug Williams. They just honored him mm -hmm. um, for that. But people 30 and under, Gary, Unfortunately, we only know dysfunction with the Washington exactly. football team, especially exactly. in the last 20 years. And so just think about what that does. You have a whole generation now of people growing up in the DMV area that are just wondering, when will this team finally get it right? And so I think we're still asking that question. All right. So we're going to switch over from the Washington football team to hopefully better news, Dr. Miles. We also have lots happening 
on the MFL front. But before we get there really quickly, since Gary is our our know-all, be-all for news with boxing around the area, Gary, any any boxing updates that you can give us? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, we have actually out of Baltimore, a young lady by the name of Franchon Cruz Desern. She's going to be in a unification. She's the WBC and the WBO uh, female super middleweight champion. And she's going to be in a unification bout against the WBA and the IBF champion, Aaron Saturnas. I believe that's going to be on March 12th coming up. So we got to look forward to that. Uh, close to the home, Another one of our locals and a lady who really, you know, her career was so wonderful and it happened in a very short period of time, but she did so much with that career. Young lady out of Aspirin, Virginia, named Tori Shonuff Nelson. It's going to be inducted nice. into the Women's ba- Boxing Hall of Fame this Amazing. year. Amazing. And Gary, yeah. she got a great last name. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, I understand that, yeah. <laughs> she won, I think, I think her title, I think it was either nine-time or ten-time world champion. Uh, she faced some really wow. great people. She she knocked out uh, Mia St. John. I remember that bout so well out in wow. Virginia. Uh, she lost. One of her few losses was to Clarissa Shields. And she she's just done so well. And, and she really started late in, in life as far as her career is concerned and really became a, a superstar as far as boxing is concerned in that area. And she's going to be in the Women's Boxing Hall of Fame. Following another young lady who's from this area who's in the in – the, uh, Hall of Fame uh, a couple of years ago. Her name is Gergra Wynn. And she she was in the Hall of Fame back in 2020, I believe it was, because they combined the 2020 and 2021 uh, classes because of COVID. But uh, yeah, she Nelson's gonna follow that. So I'm really, I'm really That's happy. Amazing. To hear that. And I love hearing ladies getting the job yeah. done. So Gary, thank you so much mm-hmm. for that update. Very impressive. Absolutely. Gary, I also want to ask you. So they are um Open the arenas back up for boxing now? Yeah, pretty much so. Uh Maryland Live, Live Casino in uh in near Owens Mills, or near I'm sorry, near uh Rundle Mills, excuse me. That's opening up. They have a show coming up in, in uh mid mid uh in a couple of weeks, actually, as we record this couple of weeks. Uh the entertaining sports arena I think is gonna have a show soon. So they 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 opening up. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I make sure I get with you to make sure I get the Okay. Uh, people info, uh, you know, at the boss commission stuff. So I want to definitely attend those those matches and uh, give my support as usual uh, to the women because you know I'm all about DMV sports and whatever I can do to mm-hmm. support it. I'm there. That's wonderful. Like you said, all about supporting sports within the DMV. Well, in the last couple of minutes in the show, Dr. Miles, tell us about the latest happenings with the minor football league. Oh, absolutely. As you know, we interview coaches now. Yep. Uh, we have moved a few franchises, Gary. We will be putting a franchise in Delaware and down in Waldorf. Uh, these are the two areas that we're going to move the franchise uh, we're going to move it out of Philly because, you know, we lost our GM last year. I just don't think the timing is right to try to put, uh, continue to put a franchise there. Uh, and uh, maybe we, uh, maybe in the future we might look at it again. But right now we are excited about that. Everything's still pretty good as a goal because, you know, we have uh, that uh, COVID scare in Africa. So, But the, the talks are still good. Everything in terms of it's not because anything shortcoming on our side is we can only do what what you know we're allowed to do 
going over there. But the people are excited about it. Also, we get excuse me, a lot of young people that are signing. You know, we get a lot of players calling. Like I said, excuse me, we're going to do something a little different. We're just going to sign players, 60 players per franchise. And that's where we're going to go with Gary because I'm not making these trips to do these combines. Uh, we want to make sure uh, we let everybody know if you're going to play in the MFL, you have to have all your shots, including the booster. We mm-hmm. want to try to do everything we can to follow uh, uh, CDC guidelines in terms of what the uh, MFL is doing. But other than that, we're excited. We get a lot of um, uh, people talking to us about streaming the games and stuff. So, you know, we, you know, everything moving along as well as it can, being mindful of we still in this pandemic and we don't want nobody to think uh, everything is gone and everybody talk about the norm. This is the norm, girl, and mm-hmm. everybody better get used to it. Right. Definitely. Definitely. No question about that. Yeah. And also a special welcome to our brand new interns from Bowie State University. Excited to have some Bulldogs on the staff. They'll be helping with business development and media and communications, Dr. Mo. So a special welcome to them. Absolutely. And we want people to know, hopefully, you know, we welcome Gary back to here. We know he's doing a lot of things, but also because we I I know Gary hopefully be able to do the home games uh, here. We will be going back to Cardoza. Also, Gary, I want to remind you that I think I sent it to you. We will be doing the 10th annual Cardoza Hall of All Met Hall of Fame dinner coming up. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to do it down to the National Press Club. We was talking about doing that Cardoza High School, but depending on how things going, I think we're I think we'll be better off just doing it down to the National Press Club, Gary. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Let me know. Awesome. Sounds great, Dr. Miles. And before we go in this last minute, tell everybody about the newly relaunched MFL Foundation. Absolutely. I, you know, we want everybody, as you know, Gary, you know, uh, uh, putting kids first, always been near and dear to my heart with our program. Uh, no thugs, no drugs, early youth offenders program, conflict resolution. And just like me, and of course, if kids need uh, uh, hours for, uh, you know, their volunteer hours, they can get them here. But we do have the uh, MFL Foundation, which we'll be doing, kicking that off. Uh, you can go on our website, because Ms. Uh, 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 Kelsey was giving you that info. But we are launching that, and we're going to be doing some great things. And uh, hopefully you will be a part of that as well, Gary. All right. Look forward to it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Gary. And thank you, everyone, again, for tuning in to another edition of Inside the MFL. Make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, and our website, www.mflishere.com, Facebook MFL. On Twitter, MFL Experience. Instagram, Experience the MFL. Also on YouTube, the Minor Football League Incorporated. And also on LinkedIn, Minor Football League. And as always, please remember to keep inside the what, Dr. Miles? The MFL. The MFL. Bye, guys. Thanks, Gary. Take care. You've been listening to Inside the MFL, the official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League with your hosts, Dr. Richard Miles Sr. and Kelsey Nicole Nelson. For more information, visit MFLisHere.com or the MFL page under programs at DCRadio.gov. Experience the MFL. How can we experience the MFL? The Minor Football League. Here's information on how you can experience the MFL. The Minor Football League was established in 1993 by founder and CEO Dr. Richard D. Miles Sr., a league created for the people and by the people. 
To learn more on how you can experience the MFL with the MFL team in your area, visit experiencethemfl.com or go to The MFL is here. The MFL, the laboratory of change. Copyright MFL. No portion of this audio may be reproduced or re-recorded without the written permission from the minor football league. Visit experiencethemfl.com. This is a Mad Voice production.